0: Hello friends, welcome to Health Formation, the podcast where we give you health and wellness news views. This is Katie, I'm your host, and I'm thrilled to have you listening to today's episode. So, I have never recorded a podcast like this before because it was with four of my friends. And I have to say, we did record it a while ago, but Editing a podcast with five people is a lot different than editing a podcast with two. So I was a little slow on the editing front, and I am so happy with how it came out. So basically, today we just talk about everything CrossFit. These are four of my great friends that are all pharmacists and have, at various times throughout their school or pharmacy career, become interested in CrossFit. And now they are, I would consider them pretty diehard CrossFitters. And I just wanted to kind of figure out the reasoning, I guess the obsession behind this cult that is CrossFit. And so I think they do a pretty damn good job of explaining it. They all do a great job of introducing themselves. So I'm just gonna give a really quick brief introduction, but we have Kelly Gaiman, who is my friend from pharmacy school. I've known her the longest. And then I actually think that I met Bugs next because in 2010, Kelly and I went on a Phi Delta Chi, it's called Grand Council. So it's basically a meeting of all brothers across the country together. Um, and I believe that I met Bugs there before I even met Carl and Amanda. So Bugs was second and then the Teechee's when I met them were Lily and Tichy, but now they're the, the doctors Tici. Um So Carl was one of actually my first friends when I moved to North Carolina and his now wife, Amanda, um, was another pharmacy student at Campbell when I moved here. And so the, between the four of us, we're all, or I'm sorry, the five of us we're all in pharmacy, we're all in Phi Delta Chi, and they're all in CrossFit and I'm just, here to be the interviewer. So so let's just turn it over to them and start our chat. Guys, I'm very excited to have four of my friends on one Zoom call to talk about CrossFit. So we've probably been talking about doing this episode of of the podcast for a long time. So I'm glad it's finally coming to fruition. Um, So today I have four of my friends, one married couple, one Kelly Gaiman, who I went to college with, and one Bugs, who I know through. Actually, I know all of these people through the, our mutual fraternity, Phi Delta Chi. So our topic of the day, topic du jour, is CrossFit. So hello, everyone, and welcome to Health Formation. Hey, thanks. Hey. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. Um, so I guess why don't you guys just each go around. Kel, we'll start with you. And just like introduce yourself, tell me who you are, where you live, how you got into CrossFit, and I guess tell us a little bit about your current CrossFit gym. And also, disclaimer, which for you guys, probably already know this, I know little to nothing about CrossFit, so if I use the wrong terminology, just correct me.
1: Got it. So I think um, in the few times when we are all able to get together, Katie, you realize we're all pretty much down to talk about CrossFit whenever, so very cool opportunity here. Thank you for putting us together. Finally, um, we've been talking about it for a while. So I'm Kelly Gaiman. I live in central Maine area, the Bangor area. Um, I went to college with Katie in Boston, and that's where I actually started CrossFit our last semester of college. Um, I started out at CrossFit Fenway. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. My history with, like, fitness in general, um, I had done a handful of road races, like, through my early 20s. I've trained for, like, half marathons. But the second oh, the race happened, I would stop running and, like, tell myself I was going to start working out at home. Um, I never would. Dabbled in and out of hot yoga a couple of times. But I just – I was never good about, like, going to the – we had a really nice gym on campus, but I was not good about using it. Um, I didn't want to have to, like, fight for equipment or, you know, I, I kind of knew how to use the machines, but, like, from some weightlifting I'd done in college – I'm in high school, um, but not really – so I finally just like realized I was never going to actually work out on my own at home. And then, so this is our last semester. It's so like January they were running like a new year's special at CrossFit Fenway. So it was a three month subscription. that gave you a bit of a discount. Um, and that was just about how long we were left in Boston before I moved back to Maine when we graduated. So I was like, you know what? I'd been kind of seeing some buzz about it online. It looked like something I might be into. Um, so I signed up and that's how I got started. And that was so 2013. That was last- 2013. Yeah. So um, it was starting to become like, I mean, I'd say it was, like, fairly well-known. Like, there was, I don't know, probably a handful of gyms in the Boston area. Um, That one was just closest to me. That's why I, I had looked into it. And then once I moved home and kind of got set, resettled back up here, um, I moved right back to where I was from. Um, I joined CrossFit Bangor. Um, I've been there ever since. So going on six and a half years now. Um, and I've been going there consistently since then. I love it, obviously. I've been doing it for six and a half years consistently. Obviously I really enjoy it from any non crossfitter if you're in a room like people tend to kind of give you crap cuz you're like part of this thing which we'll you know further dive into <laughs> But I just challenge any of them. I'm like, fine. You know, if you want to like crap on CrossFit or whatever, that, that's your two cents. But like point to another friend in the room that's been working out consistently with the same thing, program or style of working out for six and a half years. And more often than not, they can't. So um, there's definitely something to be said for that. Um, and we can kind of talk about why I've found it interesting for that long as as we go
0: on. Okay. All right, Bugs, do you want to go next?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. So I was in the game. I think I was uh, of the, the four of us that are here. I think I was in the game last. I started in uh, November of 16, November of 2016. Similar story to Kelly in that working out at home alone was just blah. You know, like you, you do the you, you try to do something different. You can't. You, you try to keep doing it for an extended period of time. It just gets it just gets boring. So it turns out, my uh, my pharmacy technician that I worked with, she had been going to a CrossFit gym for about a year, and literally in the other room behind me, where I was working out, I'm I'm doing pushups and things on my own floor in my basement, and I had my phone there. I was like, you know what? Where do you go to the gym? I hit her up right there and then, just because I was absolutely bored, and she seemed to be very very into it. Talked about it at work all the time, and similar to what Kelly had said folks give us folks who don't know or understand CrossFit, they give us crap for being in a cult or, or for, for being so far into it that it just doesn't make sense to other people. But there was obviously something about that, that she was getting results from and she enjoyed it and liked it enough to talk about it. So I've went and audited a class. Like I literally walked into the building with jeans and nothing you would work out in just so that I wouldn't, tried to get sucked into working out because I didn't have anything with me that would be appropriate. And I just watched and, uh, you know, there was no judgment in there that day at all. Just like you find at any, at any CrossFit gym, there's gener- there's no judgment about people who are of a lesser ability or just want to learn. So that was, that was how I got sucked in. I joined the next day and I had been going very consistently ever since. So it's been just uh, just shy of four years for me. I live in Stockbridge, Georgia, which is a suburb southeast Atlanta, and I go to CrossFit Clash in McDonough, Georgia, which is about 40 minutes from my house, but it's on the way past when I drop the kids off at school. So I drop the kids off at school. It's only about another 10 minutes down the road from there. And that's, that's my morning routine is uh, dropping the kids off. Uh, and going to the gym in the morning, either when I have the the day off or if I work the evening shift. So uh, in January of 2019, I got my CrossFit Level 1 certificate. So I am a trainer at my box now, as well as being a member at that gym.
0: Um, so I have a question to go back a little bit. So are there no CrossFit gyms that are closer to your house than this one that's 40 minutes away? Uh,
2: there is one in Conyers about 20 minutes, the other direction. Okay. So most it's only just because of my daily driving routine that I, I went, well, of course I went that to that gym first because of my, my friend Brittany, who I worked with. And I don't think I would want to go anywhere else. The people there are amazing and, uh, you know, taught me so much. The owner, the owner there, Jason, he's since sold the gym to, uh, Lynn and April, but the people there are how do you leave them behind? <laughs> so I, I I get as much out of being there with them as I could ask for, I believe. So I've never been to the gym in Conyers, come to think of it. I asked if they were taking drop-ins recently because I happen to be out this way and uh, they are nuts because of the coronavirus. They're not taking any drop-ins. So, oh well, hmm. they're lost.
0: Um. Okay, peaches, <laughs> you're
3: up. All right, cool. <clears throat> so um, I'll, I'll start it off uh, and then kind of my situation chronologically dovetails into Lily. So um, basically, as far as my background goes, um, I grew up playing high school football. And so that was for us, that meant being in the weight room. And so I I had some familiarity with just like clang and bang, barbell stuff, bench press, squat, stuff like that. Knew that I was um, relatively strong. I always had a uh, decent base level of strength, decent deadlift, decent squat. Um, and so I knew that any sort of fitness that I wanted to do was going to have a barbell component. So basically got through pharmacy school was just obese and wasn't taking care of myself was at, I was at a job that didn't, wasn't conducive to, you know, having regular habits and eating regular meals. My, my pharmacy closed at midnight, so I was eating Taco Bell on the reg, Um, So basically, I got in 2016, in April of 2016, I got a new job that was office based. And so I had a more normal schedule. Um, And pretty shortly thereafter, um, I was like, okay, well, I need to get I need to commit myself to some sort of uh, workout regimen. Um, I'd been going to the YMCA, the local YMCA. And actually, I think the kernel of the CrossFit idea was because in that Y in High Point, North Carolina. Um, There is a grid box. Um, They can't, because of various trademarks that at the time were not toxic, um, they couldn't call it a CrossFit box, but it was effectively a a miniature CrossFit box inside of that Y. So it was a converted racquetball court. So, I mean, truly, you know, the box model, it was was just, just enough space to have an open room. Um, and it had rigging and rope and rowers and boxes and med balls and stuff like that. And I had kind of stumbled in there and I was like, Well, these are barbells. I'm familiar with that, and I have no familiarity with anything else. And kind of, you know, saw that they had a whiteboard with a workout of the day or the wad. And I was just generally intrigued by that. I had posted some stuff on social media being like, you know, hey, can anyone translate what any of this means? What is an AMRAP? What's a you know, S-D-H-L-P-S-P-U, blah, blah, blah. Like all the alphabet soup that is CrossFit. And so when it came time to pick something, I Googled CrossFit in my area, found CrossFit Altius in Kernersville, North Carolina. And basically it was like, well, as best I could tell. And I didn't do a ton of research on what CrossFit was, frankly. You know, I, I had enough of a baseline knowledge of it that it had barbell, and it was group based, and that, those were two things that appealed to me. And I was like, well, if I'm just left to my own devices and I can throw around a barbell all day, I'm not going to get the cardio that I need. So this will, you know, force me to do the uncomfortable stuff as well as the clang and bang that I'm that I enjoy. So I walked into CrossFit Altius on a Thursday afternoon, and one of the coaches there basically did like the initial assessment. Workout, which at, you know, this was before we had uh, any sort of fundamentals or introduction class, and it was just like push ups, sit ups, burpees. Did that, it was rough again. You, you know, keep in mind I'm 230 to 240 pounds at this point. Um, so I mean, it was I was pretty winded, pretty rough, but really, I liked the vibe. There was it was June of 2016 at this point, so it was just a bunch of shirtless dudes in there, and I was like, Well, I mean this seems rad. Um, this is my vibe and uh, cause I want to be a shirtless dude eventually. And so, uh, got started in June, June 7th, 2016 was my first workout. I, I never looked back. It was, you know, I was pretty instantly sucked into the great feeling of being one of the stronger guys under the barbell. Um, I've got, you know, good squat numbers, decent strength generally. Um, and so that was a motivator, right off the bat. Like, Oh wow. You know, I can come in here and squat heavy and, and see my name on the, on the leaderboard at the end of the day. That's rad. But then I would just get absolutely destroyed on the Metcon or the metabolic conditioning portion of the workout. Um, and, uh, and ultimately that's still pretty much the case, but my gymnastics have certainly improved and stuff like that. So I was doing it for like six months. Well, I guess I was doing it June, August, September. I was doing it for like four months before the first crossfit open that i participated in which was the open in
1: wouldn't the open have been in march then
3: 16 that was when the open oh oh yeah yeah okay so it was february it was february of 17 then that makes a lot more sense oh gosh um so the open in february of 17 I was my first open, and I was like, hey, Lily, you should come watch some of the workouts. So, that was to my knowledge the first time Lily was physically in the box.
4: Yeah, I would say that. Um, So, I'm Amanda or Lily, as you all probably refer to me throughout um, our chat this evening. Um, So, my, I guess, my athletic background. So, I played multiple sports in high school, kind of got out of a Typical workout routine when I was in college and chose other extracurriculars instead. Started working out a little bit more in pharmacy school. Was doing a little running with Carl and started pharmacy residency and pretty much figured that I would never have time to work out. So after we finished at the Y, Carl started working out at CrossFit Altius. I transitioned over to Planet Fitness because I was like, well, it's cheap. I'll pay ten bucks a month. Like if I go once a week. I won't really be losing any money. If I never go, it's just 10 bucks, whatever. So I went, I don't know, a few times a week kind of sporadically just found it really hard to get motivated. And Carl kept talking about CrossFit all the time. we would come home, talking about how everyone was so great and all the guys were so hot and I would love it because it's competitive and that's kind of my thing. So for the CrossFit open we they used to do Friday night lights. So on Friday evenings, when the workouts were announced, everyone would come and they would do a social. So I took one of my co-residents with me, and we were just spectators and drank and watched everybody work out. But everybody was super warm and inviting, um, and they invited me to a community wad on July, July 4th 4. that year, um, and it was terrible and awful, and <clears throat> I hated it and was hooked. If you're going to put me through something that makes me feel like I'm Dying a little bit on the inside every time, then I'm here for it. So I finally signed up in the spring of 2017. Um, Our box offered a, like a fundamentals onboarding class for six weeks. Um, So I started doing that and we've been at CrossFit ever since. Okay. So I have
0: multiple questions based on everything that you just said. So the first one is, We do need to have a definitions section, which I now realize after listening to you, but we'll go back to that. But my first question is, so all of you basically said that you went into your gym one time and was like immediately obsessed. So how is that like possible? Like everyone literally is like, okay, I went into my gym one time and I was like, oh my God, there's people without shirts on and it's a great community and I love everyone and I never want to leave. So like explain that for people that don't do CrossFit, like how that's a thing.
2: I I got this one. At least I think I do. So if my experience is the same as everybody else's and it sounds like it was, everybody's first day, you get destroyed. You you find out how unfit you are real fast. Mm-hmm. But everybody else who's in the gym has already been there has done that. And the last person in a CrossFit gym who finishes a workout is generally the one that's getting the most encouragement from everybody else who's already been there and done that. So it's a very uplifting experience from the outside looking in and from kind of being at your lowest At your lowest phase, like I don't know, we kind of sometimes I think about like pledging when I was starting CrossFit. It's like sometimes as a group you bring yourself down to this level, and then everybody else brings you back up. I thought about that several times at the beginning of CrossFit, but I think for everybody who goes through it, you you don't realize how unfit you are, and you realize that all of these people who have been there and done that, and look at where they are now, you want to be like that. You want to. Improve yourself so that you can do those things. And surprisingly, you find that there are people of all sorts of different body shapes who are able to do things that you wouldn't expect. There, there, are, there are people at my gym who are twice my size that can you know, do bar muscle ups. Like they can get themselves up over the top of, of, a, of a bar like a gymnast can. And they don't look like they can, but they can. Like, how do they do that? I got I to do that. I got to figure that out and it's a, it's a very uplifting and very inspiring place to be in especially your first few weeks definitely your first day
0: okay does everyone else agree or does anyone else have anything else to add to that yeah i think
1: like the initial the initial draw in and i think it it's not just initially but like what keeps me going back is it got me doing things i've like never found or ever did anywhere else Um, and like that intrigued me and I found it like, especially like barbell weightlifting that I like really enjoyed it. So that's part of the intrigue that's like kept me around for six that kept me around initially. And then again, for the last six and a half years. So,
3: yeah. And it seemed also like, yeah. And I'll just kind of toss this in there. Like, I think one of the, one of the things that's tough, like, especially in kind of modern times and as, as millennials reach our fourth decade of life, like there's not, it's not every day that you stumble into a new place now where you could possibly make friends. Like in college, you can, you, there's a friend making kind of mechanism. Um, if you, or even if you're going into residency for people that did stuff like after farm school, after grad school, whatever. Um, for me, it like, it, as soon as I walked into the gym and realized that like, I, cause I went in after a workout had ended and I realized that these guys that were hanging out at the gym, like the workout was over and they were just like hanging out being bros. And there were like also girls hanging out being bros. And like, it just seemed to me to be like, oh, like not only will I come here and maybe have a better body by the end of this, but like I can make friends and there will be social connections. And I feel like when you sit back and think about it, there really are hopelessly few opportunities that we have to make friends as adults um, because the real world is awful and people are terrible. <laughs> um, so I think the, the CrossFit gym was, was pretty fundamentally different for me in that regard, because it wasn't just everyone siloed away not talking to each other like it would be at a globo gym.
0: Okay. So can you give us like a brief overview of some of like the crossfit terminology that we need to know to be able to understand what you're saying? Like why is it called a box? Wad.
3: Okay. You guys want me to take this? Sure. Yeah, I go for it. All right. So, um, yeah. So CrossFit is is the overarching what we call it. Um, now, obviously, unfortunately, there is some controversy surrounding that even these days. But we'll save that for the end. Um, so as far as terminology that you're going to hear, us say we're going to say box a lot. Box is what we call our gym. There are ultimately, I think, competing and and likely apocryphal definitions of our explanations of why that is. But ultimately, it's because a CrossFit gym can be contained within a shipping container or a box Like you can drop a like a small like prefab garage or shipping container that's large or something like that that can be your entire gym you just need to have open space on the floor a place to put a pull-up bar and enough space to put a bar over your head and that's pretty much it um and also most of them are or a lot of them rather a lot of the especially the original gyms are in like industrial parks where it's just a big open boxy space. Um, it's kind of referencing how just few amenities they have. Like most of them are not climate controlled um, as long as you're below the Mason Dixon, I guess. And so, yeah, so when you hear, say, when you hear say box, that's, we're just talking about the gym. Okay. Very, very plain, yeah. very plain, no mirrors, no, no mirrors. mirrors. But
0: There's a lot
4: no
1: of equipment mirrors. in them. There is a lot of, a, yeah, there's a lot of equipment, but it's not, it's not like treadmills or like equipment per se, like lined up row after row after row, like I would expect to see okay. at a global gym. Like when you walk into it, if there's no class going on, it's generally like a pretty open space. It's kind of just like a big box. It's like a big room.
2: And, and most, most of the equipment is portable. So all the rowers can be rolled up and stacked on the wall. All the barbells get stacked up on the wall. There's, there are days where we don't use a barbell or a rower or the rig. Those that equipment is all movable, so it can just be pushed away to the side to allow for space and uh, places for the athletes to work out.
0: Okay. All right. Any other terms
4: we need to
3: know? All right. Yeah. So uh, another term you need to know is WOD, W O D, workout of the day. Um, We'll probably get into this a little bit later with like the structure of CrossFit, Um, but the WOD itself can contain multiple parts. Um, That's really about it. I mean, that one's pretty straightforward. Um, there are a lot of different movement specific mm, acronyms or abbreviations or what have you, um, different structures of workouts, such as like RFT is rounds for time. AMRAP is as many rounds as possible or as many reps as possible. So there's a bunch of stuff there. Metcon, we're probably going to end up saying Metcon pretty frequently. Um, so the Metcon portion of any given workout is the metabolic conditioning portion of it. Um, and it's generally compared against a strength portion. So um, because CrossFit does contain both strength training as well as like plyometric high-intensity interval training components, you a lot of times will see things divided into strength and Metcon. And the Metcon is going to be like the, um, the like, actual, you'll hear it referred to as the actual workout um, that is in addition to some sort of strength portion. Generally, it's going to be a much higher cardio component. Um, it'll be scored in terms of reps or time to completion or something like that. So if you hear say Metcon, we're generally referring to a, like a hard pumping, high intensity workout generally.
0: Okay. Um, what about CrossFit open? CrossFit open. Ooh, I'll think, can I take that one?
3: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay. Okay. So a lot of people who don't go to CrossFit may have heard of the Games, which is basically the elite athletes of this sport. The CrossFit Games happens in the summer. It's essentially like the Olympics, but it happens every year. But to get to that point, it starts with the Open. So any CrossFit athlete, so like including the four of us, um, can participate in the Open. And that happens, now it happens in October um, or in the fall. Um, And a different workout gets announced thursday evening and then you have anywhere from the time it gets announced until monday 8 p.m i believe it's pacific time to log a score so there's usually a lot of hype and excitement in crossfit gyms across the world um, when the open's going on so it's a five-week series with a different workout every week and there's standards as far as like the movements um to do them properly and then also various if there's a weight component um there are are standards for that as well. Yeah. People like all over the world will do the same workout. Like I said, from when it gets announced Thursday until Monday and you have to log your score. You have to get judged. Um, so you have somebody else that essentially like validates all of your reps that you did all of the work properly. Um, and then you log your score online and then you can see how you stack up against either other people at your gym, other people in the country, other people in my age group. Um, and kind of, it's kind of just like a test of fitness. Um, and how you're doing. Um, and then from those five workouts, like the cream of the crop can get invited to like sanctioned events. And then from those, um, or if they're like the top in their country, like that's how they progress on toward getting a spot at the games. So you guys are all in like the top, top, right? Not even close. No. Mm-hmm. Like I have zero shot at making it to the games. Um, <laughs> so I'm just a regular trying to stay fit. Who's the best? Yeah. Now, Is it Lily? Out of all of us? Lily's fitter than I am. Like if I catch Lily on anything. Lily,
3: Lily had the best percentage finish of this group.
1: Yeah. she's yeah. yeah. Like nationally out of the four of us, she would easily be the, oh, yeah. the best. She smoked us. She would be
4: very workout dependent. Don't be so humble.
1: She's very humble. Um, But like I obviously have no shot at making it to the games. Like I'm not, working out's not my profession. I just do it to be healthy. Yeah. But it still, it just adds kind of an exciting element. Like the second I finish my workout, like I text these people, like we have a group chat and I'm like, hey, how'd the workout go for you? Like what was hard? What was easy? How'd this feel? Like there's like, you know, strategy and whatnot that go into it too. It just kind of adds another, It's it's part of that sense of community that we keep referring to and kind of adding that excitement to, yeah, I'm just going to go work out. I'm going to get sweaty and it's probably going to suck. But I don't know, it just kind of adds that level of like, Hype and excitement to it, just to
0: share share in that experience. It's pretty cool that like everyone across the same country, across the whole country, is doing the same thing. Across the world, yeah, the, it's the that, world. Yeah, world, very cool component. World
3: world.
0: How many CrossFit gyms are there in the world? Fifteen
3: thousand five hundred in twenty seventeen. Those numbers can fluctuate a little bit, and they have. Again, we'll probably touch on that later. Um, but yeah, it's fifteen thousand five hundred as of some numbers that were released in twenty seventeen.
0: So there's a crap ton of people doing the same thing around the world. Yeah,
3: the highest, per- highest participation was in the 2,400,000. Yeah, there was between four and 500,000 participants. It's the largest oh. participatory fitness event on the on the planet.
1: Wow. And even though, like I, like I said, I am not okay. a games athlete by any measure, it's still really cool to see how those elite athletes, the ones that are going to end up at the games, like the ones I follow on Instagram, you know, the ones that we all watch, like, that are do this as a profession um it's neat to do the same workout and be like you know you have like that much more respect for how fit they are because you can see their scores like every anybody who's registered is in the app and you know i can see that they literally did like twice the amount of reps that i did at you know 25 30 pounds heavier whatever it might be um so just kind of another cool component just to see how you stack up against them or or don't really
0: <laughs> but it's also cool because i mean from me and my nerdy perspective of like how unhealthy the world is to do something with that many people on like such a large scale that's actually promoting health instead Mm -hmm. of promoting drinking or like sitting around and watching Netflix. Like it's something that's healthy. So it's cool. And like I said, you can compare yourself to your peers. So you
1: can register there's a lot of like EMS and first responder military community members we have.
2: Custom leaderboards So you can like
1: you could like like I could
0: register as a pharmacist. Cool. Yep. Okay, so w- should we go into like a little bit about the history of CrossFit?
3: We certainly can. Sure. We can.
0: All right. Who wants it?
3: The history of it to me has always been interesting because it is it is so um, such a powerful force, like um, not only in my life, but like just as like a business and cultural presence. Um, and especially I've found myself over the last couple of weeks, like really – Digging into like how we got to where we are. But basically the rundown is this. A guy named Greg Glassman, um, who was formerly a, a gym, a competitive gymnast in Southern California, Santa Cruz. Uh, he basically in the late 90s um, was unhappy with what was going on at the global gyms that were emerging and the like meathead, just like barbell only places like their the fitness was very fragmented in that regard and he kind of detected that there was a, a, a gap there um, and there was an opportunity to change it and you know I, I truly think irrespective of, of how he what kind of human being he turned out to be it was it was pretty pretty genius that he kind of saw this opportunity and, and ran with it so he basically created the, the ethos of crossFit um, determined like uh, uh, you know famously quote unquote and I don't know how true this is. Um, but he famously did, came up with Fran, so twenty-one, fifteen, nine uh, thrusters and pull-ups. Uh, he he did a twenty-one, fifteen, nine rep scheme, um, which is so you're talking about you know ideally you're between like two and six minutes doing forty-five reps of each of those movements. He went out to his driveway and threw up.
0: Wait, 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 what?
3: Yeah. Where did that? All right.
0: What? <laughs> I'm confused.
2: All right. So a, a 21159 rep scheme, what that means, that's another that's another crossfit yeah, term he, that we can double back on. Yep. So uh, what we call a twenty one nine rep scheme is you do 21 reps of movement number one, followed by 21 reps of movement number two. You come back to the first movement and you do 15 and 15. You come back again, you do nine and nine. Okay. It's, a, it's essentially a sprint.
0: But how did he come up with this? He just made it up?
2: Genius. That, Madness. I don't know. Well, or, or maybe Madness, yeah. yeah. It could be, could be a little bit of both. He wanted to test his
3: fitness, right?
0: What were the moves he did?
3: So for Fran... Fran, and that's like the top line CrossFit workout, I would say, maybe up there with Murph, which those are two very different workouts. But mm-hmm. um, Fran, the movements are a thruster, a barbell thruster, which is where you um, receive the barbell from the floor um, into the front rack position. You go and down to an entire squat. You stand up explosively into an entire um, overhead extension, and that is one. So you go okay. all the way to a squat, all the way overhead. That's one rep. You do that 21 times, blah, 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 blah.
0: So 21 is arbitrary, he just picked it.
3: Yeah, I've never truly known, I mean, I've heard before, it's like, well, it's, it's convenient because it's three rounds of seven, three rounds of five, three rounds of three. I don't know about that. There are some workouts that have a discernible source of their structure, like for instance, Fight Gone Bad is a famous workout structure. Um, and it is very literally based on the kind of the pace of a boxing match. So it's like three minutes of intense work, or five minutes of intense work, followed by one minute rest for multiple rounds. And so it's literally based off of like what Muay Thai fighters and boxers who were training in CrossFit would be experiencing in their other disciplines. Um, the twenty-one fifteen nine—I don't know where he came up with it. I truly don't. I'm sure the answer is out there. He's a crazy person. So <laughs> there's that.
0: Okay. So I kind of like compare when you talk about how he's like a genius but crazy. It makes me think of Elon Musk.
3: Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> occupy a similar like iconoclastic space in, in the culture right now. Similarly, they both have a habit of kind of like saying things that aren't vetted by the marketing department.
2: They, they've been shaking things up. Both of them have for a while. But in, in a way, when you're, when you're secluded by the things in your mind, and you can come up with random things. I mean, it, it is in a way very genius, but it's also, I don't know, it's just. Uh, un- un- uncontrolled thoughts that I don't know, almost uh, almost autistic or Aspergers in a way where you just say the things that are in your brain. You never know; you might say something amazing that catches on, and that's along where Greg came from.
0: But like Elon Musk doesn't care; he keeps saying stupid mm. things, that oh, is.
3: And <laughs> nor does Glassman. And he like yeah.
0: retired now. Mm. Elon mm. Musk just keeps tweeting.
3: We we will we'll- we'll we'll touch a- we will touch on this <laughs> at the end.
4: touch his object.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to keep going? Yeah. I see something about nasty girls
3: here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that got us through the end of the nineties into the new millennium and he started CrossFit Santa Cruz, which was the first box in 2000. Um, so then it really kind of spread in the, um, in around Southern California first, it was, it was pretty geographically isolated, but, um, in the notes I have, I you know, mentioned fire breathers and nasty girls, Um, so the fire breathers are the fire breather. The original one in Greg Amundson was a Southern California police officer who trained with Greg. And at that time it was such a, it was such a small thing that it wasn't a matter of he went to Greg's box. It was like literally just trained with Greg and Greg said, today you're going to do Fran. And you know, hopefully he didn't die. Famously after you do Fran, you get Fran cough or Fran lung. Um, and it's awful and your whole mouth tastes like blood and it's, it's bad, but some people call it fire breathing. Um, so when you have this, just like absolutely lungs on fire, you have reached upper, upper limit of heart rate, um, upper limit of respiratory rate. It's fire breathing. So uh, like
0: your organs are going to explode.
3: That's what you feel like. Yeah. Okay. like it. So that's how Greg Amundsen you know, kind of was named the first fire breather. And he, you know, he's, I think he's written a book and you know, all these people that were in at the, at the ground floor of CrossFit are still kind of, um, most of them have gone on to continue commentary on CrossFit, either are, have become gym owners themselves or are active employees of CrossFit. Um, so then that you, you also have the Nasty Girls. So similarly, I think this is after CrossFit Santa Cruz started having a more of a member base. Um, they had these three women, Annie Sakamoto, Nicole Carroll, and Eva T., I can't pronounce her last name. The workout that's named after her, I think, is literally called Eva T because her last name's bonkers. But those women trained with Greg in, like, the early thousands. I think they all went on to be CrossFit Games competitors in the earliest years. Annie Sakamoto is still competing in the Masters division. Nicole Carroll um, was, until very recently, the head of CrossFit training. Um, and I don't know what Eva T is up to. I think her, she was like, a, her, she was an Olympic skier prior to CrossFit. And that's another thing that with CrossFit is people, especially in the upper levels of the sport tend to come from other sports. So there'll be gymnasts that became CrossFitters or they were college wrestlers that became CrossFitters. Um, so you'll hear, so you'll see that. So by 2005, there were 13 boxes, mostly in California. The first CrossFit games were held at, uh, Dave Castro's, like parents farm famously the crossfit ranch in aromas california in 2007 uh basically to compete in the crossfit games you just had to show up um and people were like sleeping in the beds of their trucks and like they would do the workout get drunk and hang out at the ranch for the weekend and that was how the games worked for the first two years um but then after the 2008 games like so many people showed up at the ranch that, um, they had to create like a qualification and invite system. And so that gets us to 2009, you know, at that point, CrossFit has pretty firmly blown up. It's got a quite, quite the presence on the West coast for sure. And really across the country by 2010, um, the games start in 2010 at the tennis stadium, the StubHub Center in Los Angeles. The CrossFit Open started in 2011. So you talk about what would go on to be the world's largest participatory fitness event. Um, the games got even bigger and moved to Madison, Wisconsin in 2017. Um, and that's where kind of the last numbers I could find were, um, was the 15,500 affiliates as of 2017. And just for some, for some scale, um, that does make them, I believe, the sixth largest chain in the world um, in terms of numbers of locations, yeah. So Subway has the most lo- locations with 43,000, um, followed by McDonald's. Starbucks has 29,000 worldwide. And CrossFit with its like 15,500 puts it right in between Pizza Hut and Domino's. And I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that of all of those CrossFits, I think certainly the only one that's dedicated to health, wellness and, and actually improving the human condition. So that gets us that gets us up to you know pretty much where we are um, with CrossFit as a as a methodology and as a as a business force. Well
4: you did what feel? the poster. What poster? Uh, I don't know. Some people know it by heart. I don't know it. Yes. A fitness in a hundred words? Yeah. Oh eat fruit Crossfit in a hundred words.
3: Sugar, zero, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's in the notes. Um, you paste so the famously if you if you want if you want the definition of CrossFit. Per Greg Glassman, he does have um, – he defines fitness. And, and this isn't him defining CrossFit. This is to him defining fitness in 100 words. Uh, eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Keep intake to levels that will support exercise but not body fat. Practice and train the major lifts, deadlift, clean, squat, presses, clean and jerk, and snatch. Similarly, master the basics of gymnastics, pull-ups, dips, Rope climb, push-ups, sit-ups, presses to handstands, pirouettes, flips, splits, and holds, bike, run, swim, row, etc., hard and fast. Five or six days per week, mix these elements in as many combinations and patterns as creativity will allow. Routine is the enemy. Keep workouts short and intense. Regularly learn and play new sports. So and that was in the I believe the first edition of the CrossFit Journal online, which was authored by Greg Glassman. So that has been his overarching ethos the whole time.
0: Yes, in the other podcast that you gave me to listen to, I learned that there is the CrossFit Journal, and he's the was the only contributor.
3: Almost surprised. Yeah, by he, that. He I did not know that. But I'm not surprised. I think, like the first, like if not five years at least five issues but yeah he was the only <laughs> contributor for a while he just wrote everything himself so it's be it truly a cult of personality for better or for worse
0: what, he has like an obsession with gymnastics too is that a thing that you know about
3: yeah so i mean his his background is gymnastics so oh, you said that yeah well and as it happens i have a little bit more info on that so he greg glassman was born with a birth defect i believe it was a spinal issue. And I don't know exactly what the condition is. Um, anyone that's seen him now, he, he has a pronounced limp. He's not particularly mobile and he doesn't look particularly fit himself. Um, but I think that a lot of that has to do with his birth defect. So basically his parents put him in gymnastics as a child to promote body awareness um, and understanding how to navigate through space, um, understanding that he would have mobility difficulties. So that is where a lot of his point of view originates, um, and I've even heard him say on a separate podcast, he said his belief now is that the best way to raise a child to uh, be like a healthy and fit person is to get them in the gymna- into gymnastics, let them do that until it becomes dangerous. His, it's his firm belief that after you get to like NCAA level, the risk is simply higher than the reward. Um, and then as soon as they have like become body aware enough to, to get dangerous in gymnastics, then get them into CrossFit. So that's going to be all of the same body awareness stuff plus resistance training, plus higher intensity cardiovascular training.
0: So should we talk, I think we should talk a little bit or kind of get into like the methodology behind CrossFit. So like my understanding, I guess my understanding of it or kind of like what he had envisioned was like, people are like so unhealthy and overwhelmingly just like sick that they get to the point when they're, older that they like can't even get up out of a chair so like doing all of these functional movements is going to keep your muscles so that you can actually like if you fall you can get back up because people are so like weak and they don't have any muscle strength that we they can't and then that's how people are dying
2: yeah they they touch a lot about that in the level one uh training course and you mentioned the the, the term functional movements uh, a number of times and just to to define what a functional movement is, they're essentially like the things that we do, basically, as human beings, as a, as a way of getting around. You sit down to use the restroom, you're squatting. You eventually have to get up off the toilet. Mm-hmm. If you are weak in your muscles, those are when you start to begin to need the handheld holding to get up. Wouldn't it be nice to prolong your not need to use that? It would be better to prevent you from not having to use assistance devices like canes or things like that. Uh, You drop your purse on the floor. You're going to do a deadlift to pick it up. Mm -hmm. So an Olympic weightlifter is going to deadlift a lot of weight, but grandma is going to deadlift too. She's just going to deadlift her purse off the ground. So doing functional movements are like the basic building blocks of all of the things that we do, both, as natural human beings, but also as CrossFitters, because all of the more complex movements can be broken down in smaller pieces down to your basic functional movements. Like even uh, eventually when you're doing more complex moves like muscle ups on a bar or uh, the Olympic lift that we call a snatch, which is from the ground straight overhead with a barbell, they they all start with smaller basic movements, but eventually you train your body and your mind to be able to do things more complex which is the idea of learning new sports. In in a way, they're all simple. And it's thought to be that while it's definitely not dangerous to do these functional movements, it might be dangerous to not do them because Mm -hmm. then you lose your ability to move, like you said before.
1: So
0: it's kind of like how there's five simple machines and they like make up Mm -hmm. all the machines. That's like the
1: the functional machines,
0: and then they make up all these harder workouts. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great analogy.
1: That is a really good analogy, Katie. Um, the tagline at our gym right now is building better humans. Like that's essentially what we're in there to do every day. And it doesn't matter what stage of like life or human you currently are. Um, You can, you know, be stronger, fitter, healthier, all those, you know, and that takes time and energy and it's doing these various functional fitness movements that build better humans.
0: Okay. So what would you say to someone who's like older that wants mm-hmm. to start CrossFit? Like how... Is that reasonable?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, that's one of the things I love about CrossFit the most is it's infinitely scalable. I can work out. So I'm 31. So I'm in decent shape. You know, I'm in pretty good shape. I can work out next to, we have members in our, they like upper 50s, 60s, even into their 70s. And then we also have like some young guns from college that probably work out, you know, two or three times a day because they, you know, still think they don't really need to like warm up and stretch. Um, and we can all work out together and we will do essentially the same thing, but like scale to our own ability. So whether that's the amount of weight we're doing or physically how we're doing the movement. So say we're doing something like box jumps. So it's basically just a, a big box um, and you like jump up onto it. Standard heights are 20 inches for women, 24 inches for men, but that's infinitely scalable. So I've seen people step up. And so instead of jumping, they could step up. If they're more comfortable with that, Um, they could step up. We also have like 12 inch boxes at my gym. We also just have plates, like the big plates we use for barbells that are an inch to two inches thick. Um, People have put one of those just flat on the floor and we'll just step up onto that. So, you know, my parents or grandparents, even if they wanted to come in, I could be doing, you know, 10 box jumps up onto a 20 inch box and stepping back down. Um, they could be doing 20 step up onto a plate, you know, which only an inch off the ground. We're doing a, like a personal similar level of difficulty, but those are obviously very different things, but the muscles we're using and the purpose of that movement is the same. And then I could be working out next to you. Like I said, the young 20 something year old college student who might be doing 20 of 24 inch box. And he might do them twice as fast as I do, but we're all doing the same thing based on our current abilities.
0: So what about like, I don't know, I guess I shouldn't say misnomer, but the idea that people think that CrossFit leads to a lot of injuries. Can I touch on that? Yeah. So I
1: started CrossFit in 2013, and that was probably the thing people said or knew about it the most. When I'm like, oh, I started CrossFit, they're like, oh, you're going to get injured. I think that's been debunked a bit now. But when I started, that was like the big thing. So the first like couple years I was doing CrossFit, that's all anybody would tell me anytime I told them. That's (laughs) what I was doing. Um, And it was really annoying. And I I'll still tell people like the only place you're guaranteed to get injured is sitting in a chair. So just like any type of physical fitness, there's an inherent risk to physical fitness. But I like the CrossFit gym because so I go to what you go to a class, Every class is led by a coach. If I am uncomfortable with a movement pattern of how we're going to do something or how I should be scaling something, I have a go-to resource that's designated for me in that time frame to help me figure that out. So like, that's what Bugs does as a coach when he's leading people through class. If I had a knee injury, a back injury, a shoulder injury, you know, if one of the movements we're supposed to be doing that day, if my injury limits that, my coach will come up and get, you know, give me an alternative movement that's going to work within my limitations. Can people get injured doing CrossFit? Of course it's physical activity. Um, but I think they show that like the rates of injury were on par with other types of physical fitness. But just as we kind of discussed that CrossFit gyms, like the popularity of it exploded, then like, so did the injuries, but that's just because it was on par rate wise to other styles of fitness.
3: Okay. And to kind of give a little bit of like a nerdy a historical Please. slash scientific perspective to that. Um, there was a famously, and I don't, and I don't remember the year, but there was an article like in Mental Health Magazine um, that was, you know, is CrossFit killing us? I think was the headline. It was this very clickbaity headline-grabby article headline and it was basically an expose regarding a paper that had been published that demonstrated that the rates of, of injury of CrossFit were through the roof. They were not commensurate with other types of fitness. now I got to the game late enough that that article had more or less been debunked, but I didn't really understand what kind of how or why that happened. Um, so basically that article Um, That article was referencing an academic paper that had been released, um, I believe, through researchers at Ohio State University. Don't quote me there. Um, And that paper had been ultimately funded by the NSCA, or the National Strength and Conditioning Association, um, who had a stake in credentialing personal trainers. Um, And so the people who had a vested interest in – me and you requiring a personal trainer to be able to pursue fitness. They were seeking to, you know, basically give CrossFit a bad name and, and, and discourage people from doing that because it was dangerous. And, and, and ultimately this isn't my opinion. This was the opinion that was determined in a court of law. So CrossFit famously litigious CrossFit more than a fitness company. They're, they're a hell of a legal company. Um, they took the NSCA to court. Basically they, Um, looked into the methods of the study, the data from the study. They found out that it was complete, total junk science. The authors of the study, like, recanted it and, like, wouldn't testify. It was just, it was this huge deal. Um, So the court found that the NSCA had been grossly negligent and and falsified data. Um, And it got so bad that last year, the NSCA... Um, they were dropped by as an organization they were dropped by their insurance company because their insurance company agreed that they had been so negligent that they shouldn't even have to pay cover NSCA's losses um, because they had just been grossly negligent. so it was it was a huge win for CrossFit in the courtroom um, but it basically you know like Kelly said by the time CrossFit was really, really running full steam ahead. That article was kind of a thing in the past already, but it's not, it's truly, it's not just an opinion. It's settled legal fact um, that the injury rate is not higher than it is with other um, training methodologies. And at the end of the day, I mean, if you're trying to, if you're always going to risk orthopedic calamity to make yourself stronger and, and more fit to survive, Um, and CrossFit is, is, is no worse of a way to do that than anything else.
0: Can you imagine if like, think about how many studies as pharmacists, we have to like comb through of data. Can you imagine if there was like, oh, there's bias in the study. We're going to take it to a court of law. That would be crazy. (laughs) Every study has bias. Sure. So just be lawsuits all the time. We would never have drugs.
2: (laughs) We might be better off in some ways.
0: Everyone would have to go to CrossFit. I feel, I feel like we haven't really laid out like
1: what happens when I show up every day, like,
0: okay. what that actually looks like. I want you to do that.
1: Okay. So at, like Carl said, there's a Watts, there's the workout of the day. So like we have specific class times at my gym. So whether I go at 5am, 630, 9am, 1130, or I go at, like four in the evening, everybody does the same basic, same thing every day. So like, it doesn't matter what time you go. So like I said, there's typically I walk in classes an hour. Class sizes vary based on your location. I'd say ours are anywhere in and around 10 people at a time. It's led by a coach. So they kind of gather everybody up, tell us what the plan is for the day, and then we get to it. Warm us up. Typically, there's that strength component. um, So that's any type of weightlifting movement, deadlift, back squat, front squat, thruster, snatch, something like that. Then we get ready for our workout. So that's the more Metcon style cardio taxing workout of the day the stuff that we do in gallenberg yeah that's that would be a classic wad yep so and i tell anyone that i'm like that's like asking me about crossfit i usually say the wads are anywhere in and around 10 ish minutes sometimes they're longer and we don't might not do a strength component like yesterday our workout was 18 minutes so by the time we warmed up everything did a little primer to get your heart rate up that was it for the day but basically i show up i know i'm going to be there for an hour and i'm going to get a great workout. The workouts, like Carl said, can be, I like to tell people they're kind of in around 10 minutes on the regular. Sometimes it's for time. So we all work out for the exact same amount of time, but how much work we do in that time frame will vary person to person. Um, Other times it might be a certain amount of work, do this, do three rounds of it. So somebody, then you're going to finish at various different times, but in that's all going to happen inside of an hour. And then I can go home. That's part of what I love about it is I'm going to show up. Somebody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to make very few decisions. I'm going to decide my weights and what I'm comfortable with, but I also have a coach there to help me figure it out. So if I'm trying to figure out what weight I'm going to do for a workout, I'd be like, how should this feel? And depending on the design of the workout, maybe it should feel heavy and I can only do one or two reps at a time before putting the weight down, take a deep breath, pick it back up. Other times they might say, no, you should be able to do like five to 10 of these comfortably. And then I, that's how I can gauge what, what weight I'm going to do. Um, or depending on how my jump roping feels. So, and what my ability to do double unders are kind of a standard thing. Jump once, have the rope go around twice, you know, depending on how my double unders are feeling that day, I might decide to do 20 instead of 30, or I might just jump rope for a minute. Um, but I'm going to make very few decisions overall. I make a lot of decisions in my day as do, as does everyone. Um, but we have a lot of healthcare professionals. We have a lot of professionals of various disciplines. Um, and I think we all just kind of get decision fatigue. So to go to like a globo gym at the end of my day and figure out what I'm going to, how I'm going to make the most of that hour, two hours, like forget it. I'm probably just not going to go and I'm going to go home. Um, I show up at a CrossFit gym. I know exactly what, I can look online, to see what the workout of the day is going to be. I have somebody there to walk me through it. I have an immediate resource to make sure I'm doing it safely. And then I go home and I'm done and I make very few choices. Um, And kind of some of that work is done for me as far as what I'm going to do, which is what I really like about it.
4: Well, and those workouts will vary depending on the programming that your gyms, that your box uses. So their CrossFit HQ or CrossFit headquarters releases workouts every day that lots of gyms use. Um, and there are other different programmers like in the game that you can pay and use their programming and they have different training schedules. So it's very intentional, the workouts that they plan throughout the week. Hmm. You know, you might have a week where you're doing really increasing the weight that you're lifting and the next week you're going to deload. And there's it's just a very um, methodical pattern to it to try and increase your strength and make you better as an athlete. Um, so depending on the programmer that you use – the workouts will vary, but I think a lot of us actually use the same. Shout out NC fit. It's yeah.
1: fit. Very coincidentally that we all use the same one.
4: The workout of the day will vary depending on what gym you're at. So NC Fit is used at all your gyms?
3: Yeah, are we all NC Fit?
4: Weirdly, Weirdly. yeah.
3: Okay. So it,
1: it, but
4: it, of- NC
2: Fit is a, is a company out of North California. Uh, it's run by Jason Kalipa. He is the winner of the second CrossFit Games, I think. 2008. 2008. So, and he yep. created a company called Nor-, Nor-, Nor or his gym was CrossFit Norcal, I think, where NC comes from. It's not North Carolina, it's Norcal.
1: I totally thought it's been North Carolina. I totally did. I, it. It. Uh- right.
2: <laughs> I totally did.
4: We'll claim it. Right?
2: So, uh, in NC fit is essentially they, they sell programming to gyms, which is another one less decision that a box owner, a gym owner would have to think about the programming for his gym hmm. that day he just subscribes to a service, uh, you know, no different than, you know, maybe a priest subscribes to the the daily sermon type of thing, you know, that's, and that is a real thing. So they, uh, that's, it's nice for them. Plus the programming is well thought out weeks and months in advance uh, with, with, you know, obviously things with COVID-19 changed a lot for that, but even then they were ready to go when we all came back. It was very cool.
0: So what are the qualifications of the gym owners? They don't have to be, able to plan these workouts or anything,
3: right? So a, a,
2: in order to own a CrossFit gym, you have to have a, what they call a level two certification to be able to legally use the name CrossFit and advertise uh, that you teach CrossFit at your gym. Carl mentioned a couple of times the, uh, the legality that CrossFit, they are very strong protection of their brand and their teaching methods and their methodology it's tough to describe. However, they do use it as a franchising uh, method there where each of the gym owners pays CrossFit headquarters for the right to use the name CrossFit, which in and of itself is an advertisement. You know, you're not going to go online and look for, well, where do I find a functional fitness gym? You're not going to Google that. <laughs> you're going to Google where's the nearest CrossFit gym. And boom, there you go. They'll show up on a map according to their website. So gym owners can take further training uh, in programming uh, specifically in weightlifting, in barbells, in jump ropes, in gymnastics, in children. There's a CrossFit Kids uh, certification as well. But the the people who, ch- who write programming and write it very well, they know what they're doing. And go, with the ease of the internet and everything else that's out there, sometimes it's easier to pay a service to do your programming for you. So you can concentrate on your athletes and their needs and how to scale the workouts rather than coming up with workouts on your own
0: so some gyms do come up with the workouts on their own but most use another service yes yeah mel did ours for
1: like our owner she did ours for a yeah. long time and then i just i met mean, she has like two or three jobs so i just imagine it got really time consuming sure. and so she guys kind of just like outsourced it essentially to one of these type of sure. services cool. um yep. something else about our workouts kate we don't repeat them very often, so like you got in that hundred words, definition of fitness, like all those various different movements. And it said like, mix them up as much as you can, as much as you want as creativity allows. Um, we might do the like exact same workout maybe every six months, but usually less than that, maybe once a year. Yeah. So, and like we've kind of mentioned, like, you know, people do different amount of reps or do a different amount of time it's pretty common to just keep track of all your stuff. So like after I work out, I log my score, whatever, whether it's time or reps in our computer system, because when I go do this workout a year from now or six months from now or whatever, um, I can compare it to how I did it. Am I fitter than I was six months to a year ago? Did I do it faster? Did I lift more weight? Was it heavier? Am I slower? Maybe it's a reality check that I haven't been going to the gym quite as much, or maybe my diet's been crap and I'm not taking as good a care of myself. So it kind of just gives another benchmark for fitness. I think in a lot of venues, your only option is like, Oh, I want to lose weight. So your only benchmark is the scale. That's part of what's kept CrossFit continually interesting for me is there's more benchmarks for success, whether it's keeping track of my workouts, or I know I've lifted five pounds heavier on my deadlift today than I did two weeks ago, or I did a full height rope climb for the first time. And I remember what that felt like there's, Like, now my warm-up weights are what my workout weights used to be. There's multiple benchmarks for success versus just, like, did I lose a pound?
0: Does anyone else want to say anything about um, the workouts or about the daily workouts or the wad?
1: I have one more thing to add. So, while like there's programming from all variety of sources, whether it's your own gym or like some of the more common ones out there. Um, There's also kind of a set list of what they call the girls. Um, So like Carl talked about Fran. So like there's a list, like if Lily were to text me and be like, Hey, I did grace today and this was my time. I would know hundred percent what she's talking about. And I'd probably be real impressed with her time. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a list of, I don't know, maybe 20 workouts. They're all named after girls which I think comes from like anything that leaves you like lying on your back gasping for air should be named after a woman is where that comes from. So, uh-huh. um, uh-huh. I, I, I got the, uh, it, uh,
2: I got the scoop. Oh, there's that. more to that. Okay. The, yeah, there's more to it. The, uh, you know how you name hurricanes after one year's ladies, yeah. one, year's, one, yeah. one year's men, right? You don't necessarily know what the airspeed velocity, uh, category is. It was, but you'll know that Hurricane Katrina wrecked shop on New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So everybody, if you were to say to somebody, "Well, I did 21 thrusters, nine 21 pull-ups, 15 pull-ups, 15 thrusters," like that's just too complicated to say you did Frank. Mm-hmm. It is that there's there was a methodology behind that, and why they started naming them after women was because of hurricanes.
1: Oh, I like my uh- definition
4: better, but. I'm all about facts.
3: And, so. and this is, and that both, right. I've seen both of those explanations appear like in CrossFit lore. Like, I think that's kind of demonstrative of when you take a step back and look like, how crazy is this cult that not only do we have lore, but we have like Apocrypha and we have like legends and minor deities like it. But I think that's an interesting kind of thing to examine is, you know, just why why are they named after girls? We've all heard some version of the story. Um, and there's even mm-hmm. like some of the girls and, um, like Annie, for instance, like Annie is named Annie because Annie Sakamoto hates those movements.
2: That's right. And uh, Greg Glassman made that workout specifically to yeah. spite her that day. Didn't he? Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all of them have their various, like, um, you know, origins, origins. And, like, you know, Kelly, Kelly, which is maybe She's the worst workout. That's the top five. Worst workout she that done. So
4: bad. Yeah. but.
3: Kelly was Nasty. named after one of this in the earliest days of CrossFit. Everyone just posted their scores to the comments on crossfit.com. And there's this gir- the random girl out of nowhere that was just kicking ass every day. And so they named a workout after her, and it's, I mean, it's bad. Um, and I think it was another situation where she was like, well, I wouldn't do so well if it had box jumps running and uh, <laughs> got ball balls. Um, and so boom, 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 and that's, it's, it's bad. It's bad.
0: So would that be like, so you'd only do Kelly like, and then six months later you would do Kelly again. I've done
1: Kelly once. I always say I'm going to do it on my birthday every year. And I, my birthday's in January and I live in Maine and running outside is not optimal. Running, I don't love running inside. So um, I was say I'm going to do it like on my half birthday and I don't, but I only done it once. But yeah, generally you might do those workouts um, like once a year, maybe every six months. I've
3: done, I've done in four years, I think I've done Kelly twice. We haven't even talked about the concept of RX. Yeah. Oh, we had So be, right, RX derived of course from the Latin r- "row and chi." Um, no. So uh, <laughs> you have the, the the workouts are programmed or written in a certain way, and so like Fran, I'm just going to use the Fran example. The thruster part is RX is 95 for pounds for men, 65 pounds for women. Um, if you come in and you're a, a new athlete and you can't do 95 pound thrusters at like a reasonable pace, you would scale it down. And um, so anything under that prescribed or RX weight would be referred to as a scaled weight. And so for instance, when I was, you know, when she just mentioned Kelly, I have done Kelly twice. I've only done Kelly RX or I've only done Kelly as written one time. Um, And I think the prior time I like either scaled the number of wall balls that I did, or I stepped up on the box instead of jumping or something like that. Um, But you'll hear that a lot. Like, uh, are you an RX athlete? or something like that. And that just means, do you generally do these workouts as they are written or do you find yourself modifying them frequently? And you'll you'll hear us toss around RX. And like, it's the, the irony of a bunch of pharmacy nerds digging on something that incorporates RX is not lost on me, it's pretty rad. I love
2: Definitely.
4: it. It's a it makes me blend it. the two
2: worlds. And I really believe one of the very first times or the first time that you're able to RX your workout to do it as prescribed is kind of a big deal Agreed. because it's uh, it's definitely one of those moments where you realize that okay I, I'm, I am getting fitter i can do this uh you know obviously i'm getting stronger or i'm getting faster being able to actually check that you had d- done that workout as it was prescribed was a for me it was a really big deal that first day
1: i've been doing this for six and a half years and i still scale it's the majority of my workouts maybe not fully but like maybe one component i'm scaling frequently. So if I ever get to Rx a workout, yeah, it's an exciting day for me.
2: Yep. So we talked about the girls. Uh, by comparison, the men, which are also known as the heroes, they call them hero wads, are generally named after fallen service members or police officers or men, men who have lost their lives uh, in, in service to their country. So uh, earlier, Carl talked about a workout called Murph, and Murph is named after?
1: Lieutenant Michael Murphy.
2: Santa Michael Murphy, who died in the Middle East overseas, and every Memorial Day CrossFitters from all over the world do a workout called Murph, which is one of the hardest and longest uh, crossfit workouts that anybody does that consists of a, a one-mile run, followed by 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 air squats, and then follow that up with another one-mile run. And generally, that takes people anywhere between, most people generally, between 40 and over an hour, 40 minutes to over an hour to complete that.
0: It would take me one whole week to
4: do 200. <laughs> while wearing yeah. the weighted vest.
2: It is one of those workouts that while everybody is doing it, everybody says to themselves, why? Why am I doing this? And it's really just to remember the ultimate sacrifice that certain people have given for us to be able to bitch about how hard it is to do a workout and run. and it's, it's a very, very moving moment the first time you do Murph. And then that's another benchmark for you to work off of is can I do Murph in a better time or RX, which means do that all, Katie, with a
3: 20 pound weight vest on. And I have not done that yet, Carl. First time this uh, year. Right? I've no. done two RX Murphs. Um, so last year was my first RX Murph partition. This year was my first one straight through with the vest on. And that took you how long? Straight through Murph this year with a 20-pound best was, I believe, 62 minutes. Yeah.
0: That sounds fantastic. Good job, Carl. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, anything else about the workout uh, that's important? No. Nah. No, I mean,
1: you all do it together, like, as your class, so you're, you know, dozen people or whatever. Um, but the second people are done, they don't piece out. Um, like, sure. I stand around, and I will, like, clap and cheer on whoever's still working out after me. I've had workouts where we're doing burpees, and I'm just for whatever reason was dying. I think I was marathon training at the time. Um, she came over, and Claire would do burpees with, like my last burpees with me, just to like help, kind of cheer me on, keep me motivated, and and get them done. Um, so I think that's a sense of camaraderie that you're not going to find in any other, most likely in any other fitness setting. Like, yes, it's an individual workout. Like sometimes you do do workouts as like a team. That's a separate style of a workout. Uh, You might do it with, like, one other person and kind of divide the work up. Um, But for the most part, you're doing it by yourself. But there's that sense of, like, we're all in this together, even though we're doing it scale to our own abilities. And you kind of cheer each other on for wherever they're at in their fitness journey, which is really cool.
0: I think part of the – okay, like, obviously, I do a group fitness workout as well. I do pure bar. So – some of the same concepts of like not having to make a decision and being able to see like other people doing it, helping to cheer you on, blah, blah, blah. But I think one of the other things that's kind of unique about CrossFit is like, there's kind of another other components besides just the workout that you're doing. There's other components, like the whole CrossFit brand. And so part of that is like the nutrition component, which is the first line. If you look at Greg Glassman's thing that Carl read earlier, the first thing that they talk about is eating and then they talk about working out second. So can we talk about that a little bit?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The first the first day that I was at the gym, uh, I didn't do it on purpose, but I met with our nutritionist because I about passed out because I didn't eat for you know the, the morning before that particular workout. And like many people have thought before, like, oh, CrossFit's going to make you throw up. So I just didn't want to have anything in my stomach to throw up. I mean, this is, this is what was going through my mind at the time. So after I was, you know, very, very lightheaded, you know, uh, sitting up against the wall, I met with the nutritionist and she asked, you know, did I, you know, did I eat anything that morning? Of course the answer was no. And we had a conversation when I was able to actually think straight, but words that she shares with our classes, because she's a nutritionist for a hospital group nearby us, but she does sports and, uh, elite athlete nutrition as a side gig her deal and her her mantra is that you cannot run faster than your fork she'll say that either in her intro or somewhere she'll just you know spice it in the middle of her her discussions and it really really is true Uh, eventually you'll find that you can get to a certain point of your fitness just by working out but if you ever want to really change your body shape and your body composition, it's all about what you're putting into it. Nutrition is going to be the big factor between whether you stay at a stagnant level or you actually start to lose weight.
1: You cannot out train a bad diet. That is one thousand percent true. If yes, that were statistically right. possible.
0: So does That's every right. CrossFit gym have a nutritionist? Because I know you you guys have one now? We do. I wouldn't
1: I don't I can't speak for all of them. We didn't have one for a very long time, but we do now have to coaches who are also have nutrition certifications as well, um, and do work with athletes, um, in the extra capacity if, if they choose.
2: I think that's just a coincidence because the two seem to go together very well. And people who, people who have a passion for that, uh, as nutritionists, when they do find their way into a CrossFit box, they get passionate about the other side of their job which is keeping people healthy and their fitness uh sorry their, their nutrition expertise fits right into that and uh, for those that are looking for another market for their services boom there you got 100 people in a gym that might look for uh, might look for a place for answers
4: yeah for a really long time we didn't have anyone specifically doing nutrition at our gym um but one of our owners and coaches is currently in school to become a registered dietitian so he does a lot of nutrition counseling like they do things for members in the community like meal prep classes or you know they'll have like a seminar at someone's house and like well this is how you cook in bulk and plan meals for a whole week so there's some pretty cool stuff that they do not just for members of our box but just people in the area
3: and i think in to kind of put it it, you know, Bugs touched on that some of it's coincidence, and I think some of it is, but also, you know, looking at CrossFit in its earliest days were fire breathers, nasty girls, and clang and bang. And then I think Glassman conquered that world basically and was like, okay, well, I am producing, I am forging elite fitness. Um, which is, you know, the trademark tagline, but there was a like perceivable shift towards forging elite health. Um, Glassman famously like waged his war on Coca-Cola. Glassman also likes to to tout the idea that, you know, you you can produce the tip of the spear athlete and you can, your gym can train up someone to be a Matt Fraser or a Tia Claire Toomey and be the fittest in the world, um, but. But Greg Glassman is down in the corner saying, for every gym that, we've, that, that, that is out there and has produced the fittest man in the world, we've got five gyms that have shaved 100 pounds off of a human being. Um, and so I think there has been a perceivable shift after what I can only assume in, in Glassman's eyes is he said, okay, well, it's, there's no questioning it. I've, I've, I've answered the question to fitness. If you want to be fit and you want to be a strong, powerful, human good at surviving, do CrossFit. Now I'm going to make it apparent to the rest of the world that if you want to be a healthy person, that can avoid type two diabetes, that can avoid cardiovascular health, um, that you can eat like a crossfitter, quote unquote. And you know, some people that means paleo. To some people, that means um, you know, uh, macro counting and things like that. But ultimately, it means mindful eating. And the biggest thing, the biggest, biggest, biggest thing to me with how CrossFit has changed my view of nutrition is you eat for fuel. And if you are working hard and lifting big and you're eating big, that's cool, man. As long as your consumption levels match your output levels and you're happy with your body and your body is able to serve in the capacity that you are asking it to, that's, that's great. There are obviously faults to overtraining and there are faults to, um, people to do that do anything in excess, but that's one great thing about CrossFit is I've seen it in myself and in my gym and in others is I think it, it promotes a very healthy and very natural relationship with the intake of food. And I think that kind of- I would agree. That is, was always bubbling under the surface because people were just naturally more cognizant about it, but certainly since Glassman shifted the focus of the, of the brand toward CrossFit health and, and, you know, establishing CrossFit gyms inside hospitals, which a couple of those exist um, and uh, establishing a separate certification for physicians that which, you know, the CrossFit health initiative and Mm -hmm. CrossFit MDL one or medical doctor level one, I think while there are certainly opinions out there about changing the direction of the company, I I never saw them as competing. Um, You can, you can board elite fitness. And forge elite health at the same time, and I'd argue that they're, you know, arguably the same goal.
2: That that shift there from, you know, when when uh, when CrossFit HQ and everybody they dropped all their social networking uh, platforms and just really seemed to take a dive away from forging elite fitness and posted the videos on the website about, you know, grandma lifting milk jugs in in the living room. I don't think that message was lost on us as pharmacists as healthcare Ooh. providers. That message was not lost on us because, as you said uh, earlier, Kelly, was that you know, we're not going to be at the games, none of us have that capacity to go to the games. We, we got into this, you know, either too late, or we have regular jobs, or you know, we just don't possess that capacity to go that far. However, we can still be healthy people and we can still avoid you know, the, the nursing home later on in life. So that, that was, that became the new focus of the company. I believe, I really think that the focus of the, the company towards forging lifetime fitness, Uh which was actually the, uh, Carl, you mentioned forging elite fitness earlier. Uh, when I went to CrossFit Mayhem, they have forging lifetime fitness on their, on their marquee that's, so they, they switched theirs out. I don't know if that was, you know, the owner doing his thing or if it was just something that made sense to him. So uh, like forging lifetime fitness seems to be a more appropriate tagline for the company now um, while the games and it's elite tip of the spear athletes are, are the elite, you know, that's, that's, that, that was not lost on us.
0: Well, I think that is more of a like lofty and good. I don't know the right word goal for the company, looking at the state of the health of the world we can do, or we, I don't do it, but you guys can do so much more with that in mind and reaching like a broad audience of people that need help, you know, versus trying to get the top 1% of the top 1% to be an elite athlete.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I see it every day. Like I work as a community pharmacist in a grocery store chain. So, you know, and I, some days I feel like part of the problem because I'm preparing somebody's, you know, party pack, as we call it, they've got one or two drugs for acid reflux. They've got two or three for high blood pressure. They've definitely got one or two for cholesterol. They'd probably have two or three inhalers for their asthma or COPD. Oh, what am I that's missing? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. didn't even get into those. So yeah, probably a couple tablet or capsules, if not injectables on their way to insulin for diabetes. Um, and that's the tip of the lifestyle iceberg. And, you know, I just, from my perspective where I sit at work every day, I, I see it. We call them party packs. It's a big bag of stuff and they come get it every month. And it kills me because if you just augmented certain parts of your lifestyle, you could probably cut those in half. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, it's part of American culture. And it it's part that kills me is, and I don't know how much of it is education as it is desire, but the idea of eating well and taking care of yourself physically and nutritionally and how, what role that plays in chronic disease and, and medicine and your overall health. It kills me just to see that people could, I don't know that they would rather take a pill if they don't realize what, you know, a difference doing 25 squats and maybe 25 push ups every day in their living room and stretching for 10 minutes, um, how different that could make their lifestyle. Um, and I see it every day and I, I, I don't want to become that, um, and you know, we talk a- bugs as mentioned, you know, staying out of a nursing home. It's just, it's all the years leading up to that too. Like I want to enjoy my life physically Yeah. Um, and all that, that, yeah, all that potential. Um, and I don't want to spend it sitting around taking pills that, you know, and we're as healthcare professionals, we understand that's not step one. You're taking, fixing your lifestyle is step one. And if that doesn't work, then maybe you add on various medications to help but it never replaces that step one of taking care of yourself. And that, but a lot of people underestimate it and really overlook what impact that can have.
0: Yeah. And when you um, look in the shopping carts of the people getting the party well, pack, that kills yeah, me.
1: It, it kills me. And I, where I work in a grocery store, it does put me in a very unique place. And it's something I've struggled with for the seven years I've been in that environment on how to help bridge that gap. Um, because I do really think I'm in a unique place to do that, but to do that, come from a place of compassion and not a place of judgment um it's still something i haven't really figured out um it's a very
2: hard it's it's, yeah it's a really hard
1: spot to be in and i've i've kind of started doing it in like praising the people that have got some vegetables in there and be like hey look at those blueberries and strawberries (laughs) and good for you and just you know not shaming you for whatever is in your cart because i like you know balance just as much as the next person but um Yeah, I'm in a unique spot, but I have yet to find any good resources and tools to help bridge that gap. I try to do it with vitamins. People often ask me where the supplements are, and I really started to try to redirect them to the produce section and mention fruits and vegetables and things that are high in whatever they're looking for. Uh, Same with probiotics. Um, I really try to push them towards kefir or kombucha or some other type of probiotic source. And really just try to tell them it's about, you know, getting more bang for their buck and you're, it's going to be better for you health wise. And, you know, you're really going to get the benefits of what you're looking for by going for those food sources instead of the, the supplement route. So I'm trying to get there, but yeah, it is, it is a struggle to see. And I really hope that maybe I'm in a unique position to try and positively impact that
0: change. Love it. Yeah. That's what I do all day long. So I love it. Um, can we talk a little bit about the, I think the MDL one thing is cool. This yeah, I
1: didn't even know that was a thing actually.
2: Yeah. The, the, uh, MDL one is actually the literal, the same CrossFit level one course, but it's only doctors in those classes together. So it, it literally is the exact same course that I went through. Although it's conducted with a, uh, with a room full of doctors, it, it's essentially for them it it might be a marketing thing for the doctor to be able to push and understand better the ideas of functional movements functional fitness so that if their uh if their clients as doctors are coming to their office and they're saying well i do crossfit a lot of doctors were like well i don't know what to tell you about that as long as you're moving you're good now they have a full broad understanding of the methodology of crossfit and at the same time they're using that to uh, sort of meld the the focus of the company towards being a fitness and and lifetime health company. So um, there isn't much difference. There isn't anything different necessarily about the education that the NDL ones get. It's just the fact that they are all focused physicians looking towards understanding the CrossFit methodology.
3: So
0: you're a Farm DL one. Awesome. Okay, so should we transition over into the recent controversy surrounding CrossFit to kind of like wrap up? Our conversation. I feel like you um, have a lot of feelings about this, Carl.
2: I think we could talk about community real quick first, if oh, we could. Sure. Um,
4: th- yeah, that's. I, I thought we talked talk about community. The all right. Huh? I
2: I love that. Uh, for one, uh, a lot of and this this is this does lend into the uh, what's happening in CrossFit lately as well. But wait, we, before before all of this uh, uh, that Carl's about to describe happened. CrossFit boxes and the CrossFit community itself is has a long history of being there for, for their members. There are just countless stories about uh, people who have uh, gotten hurt or needed a, a wheelchair, or they needed help with paying for a, a procedure or surgery, or they wanted to adopt a baby. I mean, there's countless different stories where all of a sudden the members of a gym or a number of gyms or even on a national scale have done fundraising for people. The, the, the community thing, the community aspect uh, among CrossFitters is a lot of mutual support uh, on their fitness journey, a lot of times on their lifetime journey. Uh, again, c- countless people have met their uh, husbands or wives at a CrossFit gym just because they shared that uh, mutual support and passion for something. And or it, there was an article on uh, uh, Morning Chalk Up's uh, page about how CrossFit saved their marriage because they found something together that they were drifting apart as a couple. So, the, the community aspects of, of CrossFit are immeasurable. I used to do the fundraising for St. Jude with the fraternity through remember the, the bowling events at Grand Council. I've been in touch with Talking Elite Fitness and Morning Chaka because we're doing that at our gym for St. Jude. We're going to do Clean Up Cancer. Max Power Clean is your donation so uh, talking to jason kalipa his daughter had leukemia i believe Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure his daughter had leukemia so he's kind of big on on saint jude and and their stuff so i'm gonna bounce it over to to him as well to see if we can get this out there to more and more gyms because who doesn't like supporting saint jude and i know i don't know what the number is anymore but if you're talking about I think it was eight, 8,000 boxes in America.
3: Yeah. yeah Cause 8, I know there's 000. a lot more
2: nationwide yeah. about 8,000 in America. Even if you got one eighth of that or even, or even 500 boxes to participate in something like that, that's a lot of money for St. Jude mm-hmm. to do something like that. So, you know, I, I'd like to believe that using that community for their, you know, th- that group effort goes a long way on a national scale and on a very personal level too,
3: so I think one thing to to kind of compare to that is you know there's the the philanthropic power of of CrossFit is is pretty extreme. Um, you know you're talking about eight thousand gyms stateside, over fifteen thousand worldwide. Um, so like ground grassroots movements can really like snowball very quickly in the CrossFit space. Um, you know fund, fundraisers things like that. You know unfortunately anytime there's like a death in the community um one thing that comes to mind is Riley Howe, the um the young guy who was um he was a member at CrossFit Asheville where Lily and I have worked out um and he was the guy who tackled the shooter and died in doing so at the UNC Charlotte shooting um and so you know you're talking about like within the month after that happened, there was a workout in his honor that we did at my gym. They did at other boxes. Like it's the, the community really gloms on to things like that um, because there are, there are ties that bind there. Um, and I think it, with, with social media being what it is and with us being always in touch with each other, it's very easy. And so like the philanthropic portion and like the community uplifting portion, I think is important, but also I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention part of the reason it's so cool and part of the reason it's so culty is like the not philanthropic stuff and the not positive stuff, just the yuck yuck on social media. And the fact that if I talk about Danny, you guys all know which Danny I'm talking about. And, (laughs) and, and, you know, we all look up to the same athletes and we all follow the same meme pages. um, And, you know, it's, it really is, a, it's a common language, it's a common culture. We, we shop from the same co- clothing brands. We all would literally murder for a rogue gift card. Um, and I think almost more than anything else, that portion of it, the, um, the social media and the culture surrounding it, um, that drives my like commitment to it. And, um, and ultimately we're about to dive into um, a more recent, very serious attack on the integrity of the community, and I think because all of those other things exist, the community is still cohesive. Um, and we're and and there's fires burning everywhere, but it's still cohesive, and we're still all going to do CrossFit, and we're still all going to have the same memes to laugh at, and we're all still going to look at Danny's butt, and we all know which butt we're talking about.
1: And probably five of us have sent it to Carl just to make sure you didn't <laughs> miss her latest post.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, like even, so my boyfriend will not do CrossFit. He like loves that. I love it, but it's my thing. Um, but even he follows several of the athletes on Instagram regularly. Um. So he partakes in the culture a little bit. A piece of community I'd like to touch on is during the pandemic that we are all still currently very much in. Um, a lot of people's, everything's have been shut down, gyms included, but because of social media, the friends I've made through my gym, I was able to stay motivated and working out, even though I was at home, the gym was still posting workouts. So I did a lot of those, but even like other friends of mine would post workouts they did. And I was like, mile and a half run, 150 burpees, mile and a half run. Amanda did it. I'm going to do it. So, you know, there was that piece of it too, that because I had such a strong foundation Of working out and in a community even though we were all working out separately there were still zoom classes and stuff but that kind of helped keep me motivated I'd watch some of the fitness documentaries that exist out there about some of the various elite performance either invitationals or the games themselves um, and those help keep me motivated as well and like you know if I only went to global gym there there isn't that sense of culture and community that I would have had otherwise to help keep me motivated, even though I was just at home by myself.
4: Yeah. I really latch on to what both Kelly and Carl said about culture at different gyms. So every box you go into is going to be a little bit different, but everyone is there for the same common goal and generally have like a pretty overarching, like CrossFit culture and sense of community. Cause I will say like trips and things that we've taken, like our trips have been made better because we have, dropped in and done workouts at different boxes, like all, of,
3: all over the world. Yeah.
4: Well, we've been to one outside of the On multiple
3: continents. continents.
4: <laughs> we- <laughs> but like everyone is always super welcoming. They give us recommendations of where to go, things to do. Like I really think that like we've had great experiences no matter where we go as long as we're in a CrossFit gym. And I don't think you can say that about every form of fitness that you can do.
0: I feel like whenever we go, you two and me are on vacation together because we're always like a threesome. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. guys are going to do CrossFit somewhere, and I'm going to do Pure Bar. <laughs> and then I'm like, see you after. <laughs> and everyone else is like, you're on vacation. Why are you working out? And we're like, that's just what we do. <laughs> uh,
2: and I love it that we brought it to Gatlinburg because, I mean, with minimal equipment, we get pretty freaking sweaty outside in the cold. Mm-hmm. I think I, I love it. I think that it's a really unique thing that we brought. to. yeah, we were doing Gatlinburg now for 10 years, but we've been doing CrossFit at Gatlinburg for the last three. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty awesome. Just brought another little something that makes Gatlinburg even more cool. But for us, that was, you know, we, we shared fitness with, uh, wow, what uh, Krista Russell's boyfriend there. Uh, he, he joined in on us. And I think, uh, Greg Travers we, joined we go in by just, one or two every year. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like that. I, and I and it's a really it's a really easy and comfortable way for somebody to be to wonder like, what is it about those guys that they get so excited about? And they're like, well, just watch. And there we go. We introduced somebody to it. And so how cool is that though, you know, that we're able to share that passion with other people.
1: Yeah, I think there's just a little something about like suffering together and surviving through it, as silly as it is, because yeah. it's just a workout. I mean, people go through much harder things every day, no matter what it may be. Like whether, well, yeah, difficult school, difficult. Um, and I think there's something to be said for like going through that surrounded by other people, you kind of get through it together and then you feel better on the other side of it. And you're like, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. And like, you know, before the start of every workout, like, cause we time it. So like the buzzer goes off three, two, one beep. And you start before a lot of workouts. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. Cause I'm nervous. <laughs> cause it's going to be hard. Like I've been doing this for six and a half years and I still probably at least once a week, I'm like, I don't know about this Um, and then I do it and I'm like, Hey, you did it, you know, and it went better or worse than I thought, but I survived and I'm better for it. And you know, it's that kind of life's on the edge of your comfort zone and and growing aspect to it.
2: And and er early on when Carl, when Carl and I realized that we did CrossFit together uh, the very next open that we did uh, opposite way of Carl, Carl was looking to improve, improve a body shape. I had I was always slim and skinny and had nothing about me. I you know, I was always that guy that got pushed around at the bar going to get to the bar to get a drink and I'm just getting bounced everywhere. I had no <laughs> no body mass at all. So I was going in that opposite direction as Carl watching the two of us become very very similar in our, in our fitness ability. I think in last year's open we were we we checked it out. We were off by one rep. Yeah, okay. we For the entire for the entire open one rep. That's wild. (laughs) How how similar we've become. So well, being able to watch each other in 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 that journey too has been fun because yeah, we're all lightly jabbing each other for it, but it's all just to make each other better. I think.
0: I was just gonna say, like, what? So what is happening in the CrossFit world these days? It has imploded. Yeah.
3: So I mean, and and there are a lot of opinions about it, and it is very much in flux. Um, we're we're in a bit of a a bit of a well fair, but we're in a bit of a, you know, a lull right now, but it's, it's truly still in flux. Um, and so this could be very outdated depending on who hears this and when, but, um, you know, basically the long and short of it is Greg Glassman is, has always been a bit of a, a maverick on social media and will say and do as he pleases, um, including, uh, extricating his business from social media for about a year but filter yeah no filter. a little while back um he a couple things happened in quick succession basically he got into a uh, email dispute with a with a box owner who was herself is very uh, outspoken very opinionated as well and and sent him a strongly worded email and he responded with uh, an even more strongly worded email and and said that she, he felt that she had become evil or that she was delusional. Um, and it was just absolutely not any way at all to treat someone who is effectively your customer, who's been a, been a, a, an avatar for your brand for some time. Um, and then, so that wasn't great. And that wasn't a good look, um, no matter who you are. I mean, you, you saw that this was how Greg treated a, a customer of his effectively. Um,
0: when was this? This was a while ago. This
3: was two Saturdays ago. Like, basically, oh. it hit on, like, a Friday or Saturday. Um, and okay. then, like, the next day, just about, um, <clears throat> it It came out that, so Greg has some, like, borderline conspiracy theory beliefs regarding COVID um, and has always cast dispersions on, like, what like the consensus about public health is because his whole thing is he doesn't believe in consensus. He thinks it's he thinks it it can be damaging and that consensus is oftentimes anything but that. And so surrounding some tweet uh, about public closures or COVID or, or basically um, on the day that George Floyd was murdered um, in Minneapolis, uh, some. You know, municipality tweeted, "Hey, we're going to be enforcing a curfew. That like this event can't happen because of um, protesting surrounding the murder of George Floyd." And Glassman, for reasons that no one will ever know, tweeted something to the effect of, "This is Floyd 19," which it
4: said something about being a, a crisis.
3: Yeah, so he was basically, um, it, it seemed pretty clear that the indication was he was claiming that the, the murder of George Floyd and surrounding protests were either a non-issue at best or at worst, like uh, some sort of coordinated effort for the municipal government to keep its boot on American freedom. He's, he's pretty radically libertarian, and he would admit that himself. That's not like my interpretation. So, So
1: I thought it was on an art like some public health article discussing how COVID-19 has more adversely impact- impacted the black community as You know data shows multiple health disparities do I thought that's what it was on not that it matters It's still like wildly inappropriate, but you know where we've talked about his passion for public health Like I thought that's what it was on
2: I believe that makes a lot of sense And it was it, it's it was really more of the idea that it was one of those multi-level I, I don't even want to use the word joke but it was one of those multi-level references that you had to get where he came from here to understand here to where he got here to where he says it's Floyd 19. Like you really had to understand everything else. And I was lost on a lot of people to where they took it, it as to be a very you know, racially motivated comment. And
4: yeah. I'll let you go back to that. It says racism is a public health issue.
3: Okay.
4: And he said, it's Floyd
3: 19. Right. So, That's, okay. Yeah. And so, I, I think, and you know, again, I, I am sensitive to that people have different opinions. You know, personally, uh, I would not entertain an argument against racism not being a, a public health issue. Um, but, Wait, what, again... You,
0: you would or wouldn't?
3: I would not entertain an argument against it being, I, I believe that it is, it is evident that not it an is. Negative
0: step, but I got it.
3: Anyway, <laughs> um, so, like Bug said, it was, it was kind of multi-level, it was kind of something that you know, could have been maybe even ignored because it was just like, whatever, Greg firing off. And he's got a long history of just firing off. Um, but I think in the backdrop of national unrest that we haven't seen for a generation, um, in the backdrop of a groundswell of movements, of, of, of activism around the BLM movement and all of this stuff, I think it was a, it was a, collection of of straws on the camel's back. And there were some other things that came out kind of later that kind of trickled through um, the two big, big ones being, there's a a Zoom call that Glassman was on, um, where he said in no uncertain terms, and this is the Zoom call that was obtained by Buzzfeed, um, which I I would identify as when it really broke through to the mainstream. Um, He said that he did not think George Floyd was a hero of any kind, he would not be mourned by anyone at CrossFit. You know, again, obviously, we get into the realm of personal opinion, but it was not representative of the beliefs of, of a lot of the community. And so at that point, things started to, to deteriorate rather rapidly. Um, there were prominent athletes, prominent gym owners, uh, Jason Khalifa, who we all have a great deal of respect for. Um, he, His organization, NC Fit, and his affiliate, CrossFit NorCal or NorCal CrossFit, they disaffiliated um, and a lot of other, uh, longtime players in the CrossFit space distanced themselves. They released statements. saying they, they expected more. Um, and the responses have really run the gamut. Um, I can, you know, speak to our experience at CrossFit Altius, which is actually no longer CrossFit Altius. Um, it's CrossFit, uh, excuse me, it's Altius Fitness and Nutrition. My gym owners have decided to disaffiliate, you know, ultimately it's not an endorsement of any one kind, you know, anyone's stance on BLM or anything like that. And, 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 you know, certainly they have stances on those things and they've made them known. But I think a lot of people were waking up to the reality that because of the nature of the the hegemonic nature of Glassman being the sole proprietor of CrossFit, um, if you owned a business that carried the name CrossFit for better or for worse, the good standing of that name depended upon the actions of Glassman and you know, I don't care who you are. Glassman has always been erratic and he has always been a bit of a liability in that regard. And I think now you are seeing people step away from the, from, from him. Um, and so that ultimately led to Glassman, um, no longer being able to lead the company effectively. He stepped down as CEO and, res- and retired. Of note, he had stepped down as CEO before. Um, someone else was technically the CEO of CrossFit for a little while. Um, and it's only, he's actually only been recently back in that role. Unfortunately, the difference this time is I think people are, um, unwilling to accept that as a, uh, solution. He is still the sole proprietor of CrossFit. So any dollar paid to CrossFit is a dollar ultimately paid to Greg Glassman. Um, you know, personally, that's where I, I find it, uh, very difficult to get around that. Um, if I, you know, my disagreements with him are so are so fundamental that it's, that's it's tough to separate, um, support for the brand from support for the man. And I understand that those things certainly can be separated. So, but again, setting that aside, that's, that's where we are now. So I don't know. I know I think CrossFit Clash is still affiliated and where is CrossFit Bangor?
1: Yeah, we've kind of took the, I'd say probably the two popular stances right now is one is disaffiliating, um, and becoming a, you know, fitness, functional fitness, whatever your title is. Um, we took not we, cause I had no personal partake in this, but our gym owners took the a different stance, which is I'm reading it from their statement that he doesn't represent us as a gym. And while we have the name CrossFit, um, we've always done things our own way. Our way is supporting, uplifting in a judgment and judgment free with a come as you are environment, basically saying that um, his actions don't represent our community values and he's just one man. He doesn't represent the community at large. So we've still have the name CrossFit, but like obviously condone that one man's actions um, and that he doesn't represent us. So we've taken our, my gym has taken that stance and we are still a official CrossFit affiliated gym at this time.
2: Sure. And, and even if there, and I, uh, obviously there are changes being made at uh, CrossFit HQ, um, even if there is going to become a point where Greg is no longer a sole owner or even a very minority stake owner, uh, those things are just gonna take time. It's not like you can reincorporate a business overnight. So my RGM owner is, is waiting that out as well to see. Um, there, there were so many benefits from having been a part of that name for very long, uh, that's quick quick to judge. And uh, you know ha- having, having Grace with, with forgiveness kind of goes both ways. Now, granted, you know, he, he is uh, speaking about Greg Glassman. He's got a long track record of saying the wrong thing for a long time. So forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean you'll let the person do it again. It means forgive the person, but you move on and you're able to be you know, free to know that you're doing the right thing. And you're, you, you know, even if you forgive a loved one, you, you forgive them, but you don't let them continue to do the same thing to you. I think that's where a lot of people stand on that. And so my gym owner went that route too. We're sticking with the name CrossFit uh, while this all plays out. Yep.
0: So what is that? How does that look for your gym that's no longer a CrossFit gym?
3: Yeah. Um, so ultimately the nuts and bolts of it are, um, you know, CrossFit was always an affiliate model. So you paid CrossFit annually a certain sum of money and you got to use their name. Um, so that was good for marketing. It uh, was good for search engine optimization or SEO. Um, and famously it was good because you were on the maps.crossfit.com, which is a website that you should all go to and find the CrossFit gym nearest you. Um, <laughs> but maps.crossfit.com is, is where every affiliate lives. And as of yesterday, um, Alteus is, is no, may no longer be found on, on maps.crossfit.com. You know, like Lily mentioned, you know, I, I've myself, I've been to between 30 and 40 boxes. Now when we travel, like the, after we determine accommodations, the next thing I do is I look at the CrossFit map and I find the, and I find the affiliates. So that was, that was a big thing. That's not there anymore. If you're no longer an affiliate ultimately, and there's some legal stuff as well, you know, CrossFit being a very litigious company has also been very, very good about protecting their affiliates. Um, if someone brought a spurious claim against you in court um, you know, maybe they, they went to your gym, they got up. Um, and they brought a claim against you and said, that was your fault somehow. Um, famously, they would send their legal SWAT team to help you because CrossFit had a vested interest in making sure that their affiliates were not, you know, overwhelmed by well-funded spurious claims. So that those benefits are gone as, as a, as a, a no longer an official CrossFit affiliate. Um, but ultimately, and you know, again, this is all in flux and, 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 as time passes, this may prove to be foolish or, or naive, but ultimately, everything's the same. Otherwise, the community is still the same. We're still going to look at the same memes and get the and do the same workouts. Um, we, I don't really know how. I don't know if there will be another um, organization that rises from the ashes to try to like step in. I'm, I'm torn as to whether that could even, if that would even be positive. I think ultimately when, when the founder of a movement does his absolute best to cannibalize that movement and here we are like pretty well into it and it's fine question mark. Like all, all of us are still going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing this until I can literally no longer do this. Um, and I think that's pretty much how all of us feel. So I think that's the truest testament to the strength and the integrity of the methodology, um, to say nothing about the strength or integrity of the brand, you know, brand be damned. Um, it, I think that, that it seems pretty resilient at this point. Um, it sucks right now and we're going through some difficult times, but that's kind of what it looks like to me. Um, and that's, you know, check back in for sure. Cause I mean, who knows we, things have changed. We got it. We got a new CEO. Now the CrossFit games just got postponed. Um, about half of the top athletes are refusing to go. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Check back in August.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting because like Carl, you use that map like when you travel because you like to check into other gyms because of my foundation with CrossFit and the workouts I have. I just kind of have a list of like hotel workouts in my back pocket and I don't tend to go to other gyms when I travel, but I'll do hundred burpees in my hotel room because that's a good workout for me. I don't need any equipment. I don't need a lot of space. And it's fitness I can do when I travel. So it's kind of funny that we come from the same methodology and background, and we utilize it when we travel, but we do it in very different ways, which I think is really interesting. Now, it kind of speaks to the diversity and ability now, Kelly, of the whole overarching
3: does that Does that have anything to do with the fact that the one time I personally saw you <laughs> – Drop into a different box. Your partner did end up bleeding out on the floor.
1: <laughs> Unrelated. Okay. The only time I've ever dropped in was with you. Oh really? I don't, I don't think I've and because you made me do it at six a.m. Where were where we were at a wedding? Uh, D.C. No, we we're at D.C.
3: That was D, that was D.C. That was uh, Grand DC Council D.C. DC.
1: Yeah, um, that I think is the only. When were we last together? I feel like we did another one. Oh, uh, Savannah. Yeah, those are the only two drop-ins I've ever done.
3: Oh, wow. I know.
1: I I want to come see you guys and uh, do one with you. But in general, yeah. Um, But I will take things I've learned from CrossFit and like work out on my own at at home during a pandemic or just the weekend.
0: Um, But i also do those things when I travel. Or like maybe I pack my jump rope. Okay. Does anyone want to share any closing remarks? I feel like I should ask an insightful question for everyone to go around and say one thing to conclude yeah i have
1: like one last thought i want to share please share it so my like we talked a lot about what we've gotten from crossfit and what i like about it like the infinite scalability the community all that stuff keeps it interesting um as a female in fitness i really appreciate having upper body strength now i think it's kind of a common cultural thing per se that like if you're a woman, you have zero upper body strength. And I've dispelled that myth. Lily sure as hell has. (sighs) Um, and you know, getting into weightlifting, like I would never walk into any gym and do deadlift statutes, clean and jerks. And like, those are some of the things I love doing. And I've just found so much confidence and found it so empowering to lift weights as a woman and like what that's done for my body in a positive way, but also just what it's done for me mentally. Um, and having upper body strength and like working on things like pull-ups and, and all that gymnastic stuff. Um, I just find that it, it's been very empowering for me and it's just so exciting to see that happen for other women who come into the gym and have zero weightlifting history and like to see them progress on those movements, um, and kind of see their reactions similar to mine as I started has been very, very exciting. Cause I just think that's something that is kind of ingrained in us that like, if you're a woman with muscles, then you're a man, which is just stupid. But I've just noticed that particularly with like older generations of women in my immediate circles, that like those are the mentalities they have around body image, and to see that change, and to see some of the elite athletes, and like how that's changing body image for girls of my age and younger, and my you know my girls, my nieces' age, and like how different things are, are for them,
0: and that this has been part of that, um, I just think is really cool. Yeah, now it's cooler to be fit than it is to be thin. Yep. Yeah. Retweet. Um, okay, so I guess I'll just ask my question that I always ask to conclude, which is if you could just give us like your one health and wellness tip, what would it be? Workout. Okay. Find find a system of
1: working out that you like, whatever that might be. Because if like you t- – I love CrossFit, but my boyfriend hates CrossFit. If you told me I had to go to spin class and that was the only way for me to be healthy, I'd hate it. I just don't like biking. I don't like it when we do it at my gym. I don't like it doing it outside. I've just always hated it. So find a – type of fitness for you that you enjoy and that you like, um, and that will pay off physically and mentally as well.
3: My tip would be to get some skin in the game. Um, and something that we didn't necessarily touch on is the like financial component of CrossFit. Like it ain't cheap. Um, we're all, you know, very lucky to be where we are in life generally. Um, and so like we didn't have to focus on that, but ultimately it is, it, it is a financial investment. Um, it's also a time investment. It's a you know you, you have to eventually you're going to get to a point where you ha- have to have all the equipment and you want shoes and you need the gymnastics grips and you got to have shorts and shirts and da 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 da. Um, but you know at the end of the day, more so than going to the Globo Gym, I know that my health and wellness will benefit because I have put the the actual dollars and the actual sweat equity into. Um, you know, CrossFit, and the, really that applies to whatever your pursuit of fitness is. But that's, I think, especially as a CrossFitter, that might be how just how I justify it. Um, but there's a the, the rewards that I re- that I reap from that investment are certainly greater than the initial investment. But I know there's a lot of a lot of reasons that I get up and go into the gym and not the least of which being I have made a significant financial commitment to do it. And that helps drive me. Um, And sometimes when you are just getting your butt handed to you, you need a little something else to drive you. Um, And that's a little bit different every day. Um, And sometimes it is just how much you have put into it. So I think find something that you are competent enough in to invest in it heavily and in as much as you can do it.
4: So I would say find something that works for you and don't be afraid if that doesn't look like it does for everybody else. So if what you need to be healthy is to work out three days a week because you really want to have a beer on the weekend, or if you want to work out five days a week and eat clean because your goal is to get a six pack. So I think, you know, set your own personal and individual goals and don't be afraid if those aren't the goals of, you know, everyone that's around you, like stay true to yourself and get done what you want
2: to get done. My my advice, I guess, for anybody listening on this would be to recognize that mo- most anything in life worth doing takes, takes time and it takes a while to develop habit. So go, going to a gym for a week, that that's, that's not a habit. Go, going to a CrossFit gym for a week is not a habit. Running outside for a week, that's not a habit until you've developed a routine for it to the point where when, I don't know about you, but when I go to bed at night, I look at tomorrow's wad before I even go to bed. So that, that right there is ingrained that that is part of my lifestyle. When you find that thing, just embrace it. As long as you're being active, you, you embrace it and it, it will become part of you and you will find other like-minded people that feel the same way about you. And it's very likely to influence other people that may not see that themselves, but they see what it's done for you. And maybe that's their maybe that's their encouragement to also you know, want to be that happy. Because really all we're looking for in life is to be happy anyway, happy with your body image. And if you're not happy with your body image, do something about it. Find, find a way to make it a habit in your life and then it doesn't become a habit. It's just life. Yep. It's just what you don't.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for Teaching me everything I now know about CrossFit. I so when are you starting? It. What?
3: When are you starting?
0: Um, gallenberg 2021. Uh, you
3: Think about what shape you
0: could be in between now and then.
3: Yeah.
0: I still work out. I'm not. I know you do. You're not out of shape.
1: I'm <laughs> just saying.
3: crossfit.com
0: Okay. I'll check it Google. out. I wrote it down.
3: <laughs> <Google>.
0: <laughs> I also wrote down who's Danny.
4: <laughs> oh. Oh, you you'll
2: find out very quickly. Oh, your about your your inbox is about to get blown up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right, I love you all, and I'll Bye. see you Bye. later. Bye. Bye, Kate. Thanks, Thanks for guys. having us. Thank Bye-bye. you.